So hello, my friends. It's Brian here. Welcome to the School for Good Living podcast. This is my first solo episode. If you've listened to any of my shows before, probably it was an interview because to this point, that's the only thing I've released. That's actually not true. I released one episode that was talking about something else, but nevertheless. So what are we doing here? Well, one thing I'm doing is I'm recording in, uh, I'm recording this episode with the hope that I build a relationship with you. I might not know you. I might have met you before. You might be my best friend. When I'm sitting in the sound booth, I have no idea uh, where this goes, who receives it, what impact it might have. In that way, it's a little bit like throwing a message in a bottle, you know, like out into the ocean, which I did once when I was a kid and I had the chance to visit Australia. And I was hoping I would get a pen pal, but I never did. Anyway, um, where am I going with this? Well, today I want to to build this relationship a little further with you by sharing, in case you care and in case it's interesting and useful for you, a little bit about me, Brian Miller, a little bit about this School for Good Living, what it is, why it exists, what it could do for you. So with that, you know, I want to start with this idea that is something my mentor, Marshall Goldsmith, who's considered the number one leadership thinker in the world by many people, one of the world's, if not the world's top CEO coach, that he tells to people who are in this world of coaching or teaching, training, facilitating, consulting, his advice is build a brand. But beyond build a brand, he, he encourages people to complete the sentence, I am the world's leading expert in blank. And I got to admit, when I was confronted with that question, with that opportunity to fill in that blank, that felt pretty challenging. Because in that moment, anything that I might fill in uh, would feel like, to me, it felt like a lie. And um, so I've thought on that for a period of years. And uh, when I had the chance to interview Marshall just uh, a week ago, it was actually this week, I asked him about that again. And I said, well, Marshall, you know, it seems pretty easy for you to say you're at the top of your field. You know, if you say that you have credibility, you've got many, many happy clients to point to. You've sold two and a half million copies of your book. What do you say to people who, who aren't at that level? Uh, maybe people who are starting out, people who don't know. And uh, I love what he said when he said, pick a path. Well, just pick a path and, and follow that. Or just say, I will be, you know, and uh, even that can be confronting. I will be the world's leading expert on X. And as I've looked at that for myself, I've wondered, you know, what if I was the world's leading expert on what it means to live a good life? That's pretty ambiguous, admittedly, but we've done enough research as a society now, and we've lived enough, most of us, to know generally like what works and what doesn't. We know, you know, quitting smoking, hard to think we ever didn't know that wasn't good for us. Things like being active, having relationships, you know, getting sleep, you know, these kinds of things, they're pretty obvious. And with many of them, there's this knowing doing gap. But what I want to share with you a little bit is, is part of what I said to, to Marshall is, you know, oh, and one of the things Marshall says is if you're not the world's leading expert on something, why are you speaking? I was like, whoa, that's a pretty bold question. You know, like, why would people want to listen to you if you're not the top dog, so to speak? And, uh, and I thought, you know, that's a, that's an interesting question. Why are you speaking if you're not the world's leading expert on something? And what I thought about with that, and I, and I said to Marshall, I said, well, what if the reason you're speaking is to figure out your voice? What if the reason you're speaking is to find what is your message? What if the reason you're speaking is to 
begin to understand better for yourself who is it that you want to speak to. Maybe what you would even consider your tribe. How do you find your soul tribe? And if you're, if you wait, you like go into your cave and you work in secrecy until the one day you've got all your content figured out and all your plans and all this and come out with this brilliant scheme. Like, I don't think that's reasonable. You know, and it, it reminds me of that saying that's attributed to Joseph Campbell about life as a guy learning to play a violin in public, learning the instrument and the music at the same time. And, uh, it can feel a bit like that at times, especially if your aspiration is to to serve others by sharing what you know and what your experience is. So that's what I want to talk about today and and specifically the School for Good Living. This thing that I've created, man, it's been five years, if I can believe that. It's been five years that I've been working to figure out for myself, who is it that I want to serve? What is it that they want or need? Why would they care and listen to me? And... Uh, so with that, I thought I might just give you a little bit of background that as I've gone around these thoughts again and again in my own mind and with my little creative team, I'm fortunate to have uh, a small team of highly talented, dedicated people that I'm able to bounce ideas off and uh, who are able to help me uh, when we, we get what we think is worth pursuing to, to wrestle it into reality. And and over the years, you know, I've I've used a number of different things that I thought, well, maybe that's the idea. Maybe that's the core of what this work is about. And for me personally, this has been a journey of, you know, living a life that felt really empty or meaningless for a lot of years. In fact, sometimes I wonder that any of us make it to adulthood, given, you know, the dangers of growing up, diseases, accidents, crime, you know, that kind of thing. But you know, even when we get a little older and we see this in, you know, social science and our own experience shows us that so many people are finding ways to end their lives prematurely, whether it's outright through suicide or whether it's through, you know, behavioral and lifestyle things, poor diet, sedentary lifestyles, this kind of thing. So it's amazing. It's amazing to me that I've made it here into my 40s. And I'm actually really grateful that I have. But as I lived forward and, and emerged from what for me was a very long and, and, uh, and looking back, what, what appears like a, a long and kind of lonely life of difficulty and meaninglessness, I knew that I didn't want to live that life anymore. I didn't know what I wanted in the future exactly. And I know many people seem to be in this situation. They're very clear. They don't want what they're currently living, but they're not able to articulate exactly what it is they do want. But I knew I wanted some version of doing work I enjoy, serving people I love, working with people I love, uh, work that I feel matters, and getting paid for it, quite honestly. You know, knowing that I'm delivering value, having that reciprocated, you know, by people signing up for my coaching or my buying my books or my programs or whatever I do. So for me, there were these different elements to the work that I knew I wanted and I knew that if I was going to do that, I didn't want to do it alone. I wanted to do it with a team and I wanted to do it with others. So as I looked at how I could create that, I, I really asked myself a few questions that were pivotal for me in my journey. And I wonder if in your journey, if, if you haven't already discovered a specific question, like a single question that you keep coming back to. And although the question never changes you know, you get a new answer, a new insight when you ask yourself that question with authenticity, with intention. And for me, the, really, the first question 
that started being very powerful in the creation of the School for Good Living was this idea. uh, For a long time, I've been asking, why am I so blessed? You know, I'm very, very fortunate to be part of a very successful business-owning family. You know, my parents started this thing, the Larry H. Miller Group, that owns, you know, most conspicuously the Utah Jazz, but many car dealerships and finance and real estate and other entertainment and, uh, you know, a lot of properties based here in Utah, but but really, uh, we do business across the country in some form or fashion. And and for a lot of years, rather than just enjoying, you know, those blessings, I felt guilty for them, knowing I hadn't done the work to earn them. I hadn't taken the risks and made the sacrifices. And I would ask myself, why am I so blessed? And especially knowing there's so many people in the world who are much less fortunate than me, whether, you know, it's people in the developing world that don't have access to clean water that don't have something as basic as a toilet, you know, people who are in conflict zones or don't have education. I mean, there's so much that people um, don't have. I remember learning, you know, that many women in Africa will spend their days like collecting firewood and gathering water. I mean, like if that's your life, you know, or children who die of diarrhea, they literally die of diarrhea. Like if they had Pedialyte or Gatorade, they might live, you know, it's, it's really amazing that, that that's happening in the same world we're in. If you're listening to this, you've probably got an iPhone or something that runs Android. You're probably in a car or in a home, you know, things that are easy to take for granted. In fact, I heard it said once that there are people praying now for things you take for granted. And I thought, oh my goodness, I think that's, that's literally true. But whether it's in the developing world or in the developed world here where we have different set of challenges, you know, anxiety, depression, addiction, loneliness, you know, a sense of meaninglessness, these kinds of things. So for me, when I quit asking, why am I so blessed? You know, especially when there's so many that are not as blessed as me. And I started instead asking, what do I do with my blessings? How do I share my blessings with others in ways? How do I share what I have known and love with others? And that question, shifting from a why to a what, for me was very pivotal. And and I sometimes think maybe I will do a TED Talk as a kind of a counterpoint. If you're an English major or a student of poetry, you might know back in the day, people would like write odes. It was almost like rap battles. You know, like somebody would write an ode and somebody would write a response and so forth. And for me, maybe this would be the response to Simon Sinek, start with why. You know, maybe it's start with what. And I often say that what do you want is life's operative question. You know, and just getting clear, what do I want Man, this can be so hard to know the answer to that question with all the other voices in our mind, you know, from our parents, from our teachers, from, you know, maybe a religious upbringing or a peer group or whatever. And, and so when I shifted that, how can I, how or what, you know, what can I do to share what I have love and know with others in ways that bless their lives? That opened a door, you know, to me, that was an empowering question. Why for me, why was an endless regression that, you know, if there was a bottom, I think it probably was total despair. But so that shifted. And then as I, as I started to answer that question and along the lines of doing work I love with and for people I love, you know, that I enjoy and experience is meaningful and getting paid for the rest of my life. And then I said, well, how can I do that? And, you know, I could do that in a lot of ways, but I thought I want to create, I want to create a company and I want to create a, non, a nonprofit. And I, I've done both the, the school for good living and the foundation for good living. At a high level, they both have essentially the same mission, which is to help make the world work for everyone, whatever that means. And the question specifically that I'm really exploring right now at the School for Good Living is what does it mean to live a good life and how can we do it? Like, what does that even mean? 
you know, and not that there's one prescriptive answer that we'll find. And it's like, boom, done. Good thing I came along and wrote that book. (laughs) Now we can put that question to rest, right? Like, I don't think it's one of those. Instead, I think it's a very individual pursuit. It's up to each of us to find what makes life meaningful? What is it that brings us alive? What is it that, you know, contributes to our sense of well-being and to those we love? And, and I know that's a very personal thing. And uh, I love the way one of my podcast guests phrased this, James Wallman, who wrote um, Time and How to Spend It. And he talks about this idea that, yes, it's true, you are a unique snowflake and you're snow. You know, we're all unique, we're all individuals, so we are very different in some, in some really deep ways, but at the same time, we're all the same in some very fundamental ways as well. So as I started to really explore this question, what does it mean to live a good life and how can we do it? These are some of the ideas that over the years with my creative team, you know, we've explored and some of the terms. So this idea of life's best practices, if there are a set of practices that make life work, what are they? Happiness, meaning, and contribution. To me right now, what I'm really exploring is what it means to live a good life is a life of happiness, meaning, and contribution. This idea of cultivating greater levels of power, productivity, and peace. And this idea that every one of us possesses genius. Every one of us has genius on par with anybody you could ever think of to call a genius, whether it's Oprah Winfrey or Michael Jackson or Einstein, Buckminster Fuller, you know, I choose to believe that we all have that capability. These aren't rare breeds of, I mean, they are rare, but they're not totally unique in a way that we're separate from them. Um, This idea of productivity and the idea that every one of us is capable of doing great work, work as great and meaningful as anybody who's ever lived. And then the last part about peace is how do we, beyond the accomplishment, between beyond the acquisition you know, find the lasting peace and satisfaction that I believe is possible for every one of us. How can we have both, you know, the accomplishment and the the sense of fulfillment, living a life that matters, making the difference you were born to make, making your life a masterpiece, a world that works for everyone, a life that works for you. This idea of a coach for everyone and everyone a coach. If you listen to me for very long at all, you'll hear me talk a lot about coaching. I love coaching. I think it's this very, very beautiful skill that's available to all of us. Part of what I love about it is it's future focused. It's not based in rehashing the past, you know, trying to correct something that ultimately we can't go back. Uh, At least I haven't figured out how. It's collaborative. It's client led. It's creative. It honors that unique individuality and intelligence in every one of us. And then these three ideas that if you subscribe to my weekly email right now, I share three things that I'm finding interesting and useful as I go through life. And I'm sharing three things specifically to help coaches, but I think they can be useful to anybody, whether you're a leader, whether you're a parent, you know, just being a friend, a human being. And these three things are, again, how to live a good life. So I'm writing a hundred words a week on something that might help you live a good life. A hundred words on be a great coach and a hundred words on earn recognition and money. So, you know, if that's something that appeals to you, if you're on this journey with me of figuring out what does it mean to live a life of happiness, meaning and contribution, and how can I do it? And honestly, how can I get paid for it or at least get compensated? Even if it's not financially, how can I, you know, build a bigger group of of friends? How can I learn more? How can I have a greater sense of contribution by giving more? I mean, these are all ways that we can uh, earn, you know, compensation. 
Currency comes in many forms. And this other idea, um, something I'm calling the elegant equation, this idea, and it's really based on Maslow's hierarchy, but seeing how, you know, once our base level needs are met, we ascend this, you know, this hierarchy of needs, you know, you get your food, your shelter, your belonging, you know, your sense of esteem met, and you come up till, you know, Maslow's original formulation was that self-actualization was at the top. Um, shortly before he died, he modified it so that transcendence was at the top. So that even being in service to something bigger than yourself, you know, the end of life as he proposed was not just to be, you know, to live the most hedonistic, uh, self-indulgent, you know, pleasurable lifestyle possible, and not even to live the most maybe enriching, meaningful life possible uh, in terms of being self-actualized, but to go even beyond that and see what is greater than you, a community, a creator, life itself, you know, something that can get a little Zen or a little mystical there. And again, I don't think that we even can entertain those questions in a meaningful way if some of our lower level needs are met, if we're, if we're starving or, you know, if we're in a conflict, like a literal conflict zone or just in conflict with the people around us all the time, those questions aren't something that we'll really answer and find a meaningful answer to that we can live, I think. And at the same time, I want to say that I think we sometimes engineer these catastrophes or these challenges in our life uh, as a way of avoiding some of these questions. Now, that's a big claim. And I'll admit that's probably easier for someone like me who I'm very fortunate to not have to work for a living by virtue of the work that my parents have done and so many other smart and dedicated people have done to be independently wealthy. I totally acknowledge I'm in a different place from which to ask that question. But at some level, I think we're all faced with the same questions of who am I? Why am I here? What do I want? Where am I going with this life? <laughs> you know, this, so again, you know, we're all snow and we're all snowflakes. Anyway, I'm really glad. I'm really glad and I'm grateful that you're here on this journey with me. If you've listened this far, I'm, I'm really grateful to you for, for listening. If you haven't listened to any of the interviews that I've done with these thought leaders who are almost all authors, I love, I've always loved reading. I've loved learning. I've loved ideas and people. So I love reading a book knowing that I get to interview the author. And in fact, my reading list now, I sort it by deceased authors and living authors. And in an interview with Greg McEwen, who wrote Essentialism, you know, one thing he said that was a bit of a perspective shift for me was he said, you know, Brian, think about the remaining time you have in life, you know, setting aside longevity science and I'm really pulling for you, Ray Kurzweil and all the folks at Calico <laughs> keep going, but you know, a normal human lifespan, how much time is likely left to read books. And I think when we did the math, saying even if it was a book a week, you know, it's probably somewhere in the vicinity of a thousand books left. And uh, that put in perspective, you know, a little bit about, man, choose carefully what you decide to devote your time and talents and energy to uh, and the books that you're going to read. But at any rate, if you listen, you know, to some of these interviews, I really hope that you not only enjoy the interviews, but you take away something that you are able to use to help improve the quality of life for people around you as well. And as I, if I haven't mentioned already, my intention is to do more of these solo podcasts as well. 
I would love to to know your thoughts about it. If you have questions you would like me to explore, I, I will say I will answer them. It's not a definitive answer. It's my answer. And as the saying goes, all advice is autobiographical, but also it might be useful for you to know as a coach, I endeavor to abstain from giving advice, rather believing that instead you have, again, your own wisdom, your own answers inside you. But nevertheless, I'm grateful if you have topics that you think might be useful to explore on this show. So if you want to send those to me, please do. You can send those to brian at goodliving.com. Also, if you haven't subscribed to this show, I invite you to subscribe, rate it, leave a comment, share it with a friend. Maybe you'd be interested to head over to goodliving.com. That's a website for the School for Good Living. I invite you to sign up for my email list where I send podcast releases, invitations to events I host. Also, you know, this weekly, I call it a three-point Thursday, which has, you know, those hundred words I mentioned on how to live a good life, how to be a great coach how to earn recognition and money. So if that's interesting to you, you can sign up for that at goodliving.com. And uh, beyond that, I will just say something I've already said once recently, which is thank you. I'm really grateful you're here. And for wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever you're committed to, I hope for whatever it's worth, my hope <laughs> that you experience that as, uh, as perfect in some way. You know, I love what Osho said, that life is not moving from imperfection to perfection. It is moving from perfection to perfection. Again, whether that's true, I have no idea. Whether I choose to live life believing that, that makes all the difference in the world. So anyway, I'm looking forward to being along on this journey we call life with you. So I'll talk to you again whenever it is. Oh, and if you want to sign up for one of my programs, how did I forget that? I have a nine-month online group coaching program I call Life's Best Practices. Again, it's designed to help you live a life of happiness, meaning, and contribution. Make the difference you were born to make, that kind of thing. Live a life that matters. And I also am doing coach training programs. So I have a two-and-a-half-day in-person intensive that's designed to help you be a great coach and get paid. I'm offering it here in Salt Lake City. As I'm recording this, it's December of 2019. I plan to do a few of these throughout 2020. The next one is at the end of January. So if you're interested, again, you can find more details about that at goodliving.com. And then finally, if I can be of service in any way, or there's anything you'd like me to know, I invite you to contact me at brian at goodliving.com. Be well. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. And I will talk to you later, my friends. Until then, take care. Despite living in an age where we have more comforts and conveniences than ever before, life isn't working for many people. Whether it's in the developed world, where we're dealing with depression, anxiety, addiction, divorce, jobs we hate, relationships that don't work, or people in the developing world who don't have access to clean water or sanitation or healthcare or education, or who live in conflict zones, there's a lot of people on the planet that life isn't working very well for. If you're one of those people, I invite you to connect with me at goodliving.com. I've created Life's Best Practices Breakthrough Coaching to help you navigate the transitions that we all go through. Whether you've just graduated school, you're going through a divorce, you just got married, you're headed into retirement, you're starting a business, you just lost your job, whatever it is you're facing, I've developed a 36-week course that you go through with me and a community of achievers and seekers who are committed to improving their own lives and the lives of others 
So through this online program, you will have the opportunity to go deep into every area of your life, explore life's big questions, create answers for yourself in community, get clarity and accountability. If that's something you're interested to learn about, I invite you to contact me directly at brian at briamiller.com or by visiting goodliving.com.